couple of weeks ago, you remember, and it was even brought to the table on the show, we was talking about Joe Budden and his past discretion, and it seemed like more stuff was coming to light. Like one week it was him and Tahiri, right? Then another week it was him and the dog. And then I think that same week, just a couple of days later, it was something with him and Sin Santana. Right. It just seemed like a whole bunch of shit was coming out and this was towards the end of his Spotify contract. And I was like, wow, it's so convenient for all this shit to be popping come off out at the on. moment. Right. Right. So, but it also happens that drove and you're not a fan of the Joe Budden podcast. So this is just from my perspective. This is not me about me just because I don't listen to it. Don't mean I'm not, I'm just, I just don't listen to it. It's not a, a podcast that, that grabs me, but I don't knock people. who right. do. I think it's, I think it's a good podcast. I'm glad that man making the money he is, but go ahead. Right. So it sparked some of the best content of that podcast. And the thing is, okay, so this is towards the end of his Spotify contract, right? He has podcasts. Let's, he has one podcast like a week or two weeks out before his contract expires, where he finally tells the fans, you know, the ins and outs of that contract. I'm pretty sure it wasn't all the ins and outs, but it was a lot of the stuff that he alluded to. So he signs this contract with Spotify about two years ago. And two years ago, uh, when he signed it, you know, he was excited about it. It was a new venture. The podcast went from being, you know, once a week to twice a week. And there were kind of concerns of, would you be able to produce good content twice a week? And typically his podcasts are close to three hours long. And it's like, dude, are you really able to give us hypothetically, you know, six hours a week and blah, blah, blah. So there was a lot there to be concerned about as fans go. It was a lot to be concerned about as a content provider goes. And these were things he addressed early on. Turns out for the two-year period, twice a week, they was able to give you three-hour podcasts. Right. So during that two-year period, he would say things about Spotify saying, you know, every now and then I try to get a peek behind the curtain. Every now and then I'm finding out this, but we'll talk about that later. So now is later. He talks about why he signed with Spotify. He signed with Spotify not for the money they was going to give him, because he said they had more lucrative, more lucrative deals elsewhere. He signed with Spotify because he said they agreed to give him data. That's what he really wanted. Mm. He really wanted to know how long his listeners were listening. Where is his listeners coming from? Who are his listeners? And so forth and so forth. Spotify was going to give him that. Nobody else wanted to give him that. They even went to Tidal and asked for that. Tidal flat out told them, no, nah, we ain't giving you that. And he was like, cool, no problem. Mm. Spotify said they were, so he signed with Spotify. Over that two-year period, Spotify was giving him data at first, but then the people that were responsible for giving him the data, they kind of, you know, either got fired, got transferred, whatever. So it made it difficult for him to get all the data he wanted in a timely manner. So that was one of the funny games Spotify started to play with him. And he, he talked about that. He also talked about, you know, there being value in his podcast because he can get people to listen for three hours twice a week and there's no other medium out there whether it's music or whatever that typically holds somebody attention for three hours twice a week right he, he was just explaining his value to the to the company right so 
he had one episode just de- and and that was a very very brief synopsis of what all he went over. Okay, so that episode happens, a whole bunch of shit starts coming out. The next episode, you can hear he wasn't himself, like he was clearly bothered. The episode after that comes out, and in that episode, he starts to paint the picture of where he felt this smear campaign is coming from. Mm. And what's interesting is, although he doesn't say it directly, he paints a pretty clear picture of where it's coming from. And the funny thing is, the person that he points, he's kind of pointing the finger at on the smear campaign was somebody I always thought that they had a weird relationship. And it's Charlemagne. Because mm. if you ever listen to Joe Budden's interviews with Charlemagne in the past, although they say they're cool, it doesn't sound like they're completely cool. It sounds like they throw jabs at each other a lot. When Joe Budden signed his contract with Spotify, Charlemagne, and this is when I used to listen to Brilliant Idiots a lot, Charlemagne went on his show and would say, I mean, I'm happy for Joe, but that shit ain't gonna last. You know, Joe ruins everything he's a part of, whatever, because it's rumored that he's the one that was the uh, cancer that broke up his group Slaughterhouse. He was the cancer that broke up, you know, his show Everyday Struggle and so forth. And Joe talked about these things. He talked about he didn't like how business was being handled with uh, Slaughterhouse, so he broke away from that. Basically, with uh, Slaughterhouse, it was more so how Eminem and his team was managing the business. And one of the things he said was, it's difficult when you have an artist that's, you know, still contributing to music, but also trying to manage a music group. It's, 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 it's conflicting interests. Right. With Everyday Struggle, he understood the value he brought to the show. And he, under, and he understood, like, what they were doing they could duplicate themselves. And it's like, look, Complex makes X amount of dollars from us. What is Complex providing for us that we can't do for ourselves? All they're doing is pointing a camera at us and cutting it on. We can get our own camera and we can continue this. This is what he's telling his co-host Academics. Academics is like, no, nah, I'm cool. I already resigned to us, Complex. The amount Joe wanted complex was like nah we're good we can move forward without you so joe said okay fine he you know he left so pretty much after joe left you don't hear about everyday struggle as much um there was a few moments where academics is being insulted by other people and that was their noteworthy moments but other than that you don't really hear too much from the show so now you got joe button he does his thing with his podcast and he does his thing with his show the pull-up and after having the show, The Pull-Up, Charlemagne has another show that of a similar name um, where he does interviews in a similar style fashion. And I thought that was interesting considering they're quote-unquote friends that they uh, not only are in similar lanes, but it's almost like they're stepping on each other's stuff. They even had a show together calling, it was like a wrap-up show. This year it has been dope trash or whatever. And even the chemistry on that show is like, they respect each other, but... People who give each other shit. Right. Joe feels there was a smear campaign, and everybody who had something to say to, about him were all tied to Charlemagne in one way or another. And the people who were primarily vocal about it was Crystal, Andrew Schultz, um, the Indian guy who hangs out with Andrew Schultz, uh, Rocky, who has ties to Charlemagne, and it was like one other person who was also closely associated with Charlemagne. 
So on on one of Joe Button podcast episodes, he goes into detail about all these people and what they said and how he responded to it and how they were all tied to Charlemagne. I find it interesting that shortly after that, Charlemagne announces, well, no, it was shortly before this episode, Charlemagne announced that he was uh, launching his podcasting network in partnership with iHeart. Joe Button had something to say about that, where Joe Button was like, look, I respect what you're doing, but at the same time, me and you are not the same. What we're both doing are uplifting our people, but we're just doing it differently. And I'm tired of having to address you about this. He's in a pursuit of ownership, where Charlemagne, he doesn't feel it's the same as what he himself is doing, being that he's in partnership with his employer. So you're just the face of this network. You're not the owner of the network from Joe Button's perspective, whereas Joe Button, it's his network. He's putting up his own money to develop this network, which honestly, in my opinion, if there's a platform that's uplifting and promoting voices that are typically aren't heard, then it's a good thing. Right. And um, I think Joe Button and Charlemagne are two people that are going to go down in history in a positive way. Both of them are going to go down in history in a positive way. But I think their underlying feud with each other is going to push them to provide great stuff for people. And I say that because it's like whenever one does something, the other does it. And they're both great in their own respective lanes. I think the effort one makes drives the other one to kind of one-up them. It's almost like the relationship between Ferrari and uh, Lamborghini. It's a friendly competition. I don't think it's that friendly, though. I, it's friendly enough because, like you said, they've been adjacent to each other for years. They've even had a show together that they do annually. I believe that's on Revolt TV. Right. Um, that this year's trash thing. Uh, they They work together but you know, you know now Joe is thinking there's this bigger conspiracy behind this whole smear campaign. Crystal hasn't like I'm just going to speak for Crystal because that's the one person who I listen to on a daily. She hasn't liked Joe Budden for years. Like that, that has nothing to do. She talks shit on Charlemagne. Like Charlemagne pisses her off. Her hatred for Andrew Schultz is well documented. So I don't even, and she isn't closely associated with Charlemagne at this point other than they once had that show together but her her thing with Joe Budden goes back forever um I don't know how that all plays out and yeah those few people I guess have connections to Charlemagne but all those same people have connections to Joe Budden like of course they have their connections <laughs> to Joe Budden they're the ones that's well except Andrew Schultz and the Indian guy Hassan Akash Singh, I believe his name is. Yeah, Akash Singh. Yeah. Well, the only ties that Andrew Schultz has to Joe Budden is when Joe Budden only invited Charlemagne to promote his book on the podcast and didn't invite Schultz. He said, look, you can come, but your partner can't come. Rightfully so. Andrew took offense to that. So I think that's where that thing kind of stemmed from. But again, I don't think it's friendly competition. I think they... They because again, it's respect. They clearly respect one another. If, right. you, if I can sit across the table from you and make money with you, regardless of whether we super friends or not, 
There's a respect there. I think there's there's a respect there, but I don't think it's friendly because um Boy, you take a lot of you take a lot of what Joe says as 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 Bible, boy. No, I don't. <laughs> you look offended as fuck. <laughs> My bad, bro. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't take it as okay. Hmm. I he connected take, some dots for you. I get that. Right. And I'm a logical thinker. Right. And if you listen dots. to somebody who's speaking on stuff that they've been through and they're connecting these dots and if you go back and look at it yourself and it's like well that's making sense and it's making more sense than any other story that's floating around then yeah i'm more inclined to believe this so is it concrete that charlemagne was behind the smear campaign no it's not concrete but what other because again everything that was brought up was nothing that was brought up recently and i mean and when i say recently this is stuff that's been in his past that he's addressed before and then he had to come back and address again and it's like why now but when the way joe paints the picture of why it came back up it's like well i can see it because you guys are in direct competition again both of you are putting out networks i don't know uh my thing is there's room out here for everybody to eat I feel the same way. As much as as much as I listen to one podcast, I can listen to this podcast and to that podcast. Shout out to Charlemagne. I don't hate the guy at all. Um, he one he puts on a lot of his people, and he has a lot of people. I mean, from the guys on Guy Code to Charlemagne and friends to Jesus and Mero were put Jesus on by Mero. Charlemagne, and they are fucking soaring right now. Oh no, those guys are dope. Um, I mean, even this Andrew Schultz guy, uh, Miles Jones, who Ivy, yeah, Ivy goes on and on. Wax, Wax has his own podcast now. Tax Stone, um, shout out to Tax. I love that both Charlemagne and Joe are are starting podcast networks. Um, I love that they're putting people on like Rory and all of them. I didn't know who those guys were before the Joe Budden podcast. Right. Now those dudes can move about. They can be at the Rock Nation brunch. Like, I love that, you know, we have two black men out here putting other people on, like literally opening doors for other people. Like Charlemagne has a list of podcasts coming over with him. And some good ones too. Like I said, their rivalry. If you know the story between Lamborghini and Ferrari, their rivalry reminds me of that. Yeah, and which is, I mean, look what came out of it: two luxury supercar brands that are well respected. And I think the same is going to happen with Joe Budden Network and Charlemagne's Network. You're right. going to have two high-performing content-providing networks that are just going to do wonders for the industry. And um, salute to those guys. Salute to those guys. All right, man. I know this was a long, long little little intro, but uh, you ready to chop it up? Well, we've been chopping it up. Let's continue doing it. Let's do it. So, ladies and gentlemen, and all those in between and outside of those constructs, welcome to another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast, episode 19. Man, we got to do something special for 20, I guess. I don't know, man. It's crazy. I'm your host, Marvin. Yeah, we're going to celebrate the 20th week of quarantine. That too. I'm your host, Marvin, and the man to the right of me can only be... Frank, let's chop it up. Let's chop it up, man. Yo, um, 
before we get into what we have planned for this podcast, I just want to get that shit show that happened out of the way. And the shit show I'm referring to is the presidential debate. Like that, honestly, may have been one of the most painful hour and a half of TV I've ever watched. So let me ask you something. In 2004, there was a presidential candidate, Howard Dean, who was doing pretty good in the polls. And at one of his rallies, uh, he got excited and he made this noise. He said, Pyaw! and his numbers tanked because <laughs> I know, right? His numbers tanked because everybody thought he was crazy and unstable and all this and that. Now, 16 years later, you have a candidate that made fun of a disabled person that has 20, over 20 rape and sexual assault allegations, who has, I want to say, six or seven bankruptcies under his record, um, who said that he can shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and not lose a single supporter. Hmm. Um, I mean, the list goes fucking on and on. And half the country is in love with this guy. The debate, how unprofessional that was. But yet, depending on which news source you watch, he did great. Bro, we'll get to that. So first, this, the debate was held in Frank's favorite city, Cleveland. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> Not my favorite city. <laughs> Have you been to Cleveland? Why? Every time you bring Every... up Cleveland, I'm going <laughs> to... That's response... going to be my thing. Every time you bring up Cleveland. Have you been there? And my response is always, why would I go to Cleveland? There's nothing in Cleveland to go to. There's Bone Thugs and Harmony. I don't know. And still. No, 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 no. It was just like, you're watching two, these are two grown ass men and- Old men. They're like in their, they're in their seventies, aren't they? Both in their upper seventies. Out here, one, there there were four different conversations being had on on that stage. Trump and Biden were having a conversation. Biden and, and the moderator were having a conversation like, like, bro, can, can you get your mans? <laughs> you from Fox News? Can you get your mans? Like, get them together? Biden's talking to the moderator. The moderator is trying to talk to Trump like, sir, 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 sir excuse, sir. You, your, your, your campaign agreed. And, and Trump was like, nah, fuck that. I'ma just keep throwing out shit so that Biden can never get a true point across. Because guess what? That debates are so that once all the noise is gone, I can hear your plan, your thoughts right here, right now. It's 90 minutes, no commercial. I just want to hear what you got to say. Sell me the dream, because this is dream selling season, as Charlemagne says. Sell me the dream that you want me to buy into. Trump didn't That's come. That's what it should be. Trump didn't come with that. Trump came with that whole, I'm not letting Biden say a word. I'm just, I feel like that had to be his tactic. And even 
pundits that 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 are Republicans are like, yo, he just he just he did too much. He did too like he was going at him. He was talking about how he ended racial sensitivity training because it was racist. Um, <laughs> he talked about Joe was trying to talk about his son who passed away and he was trying to, Oh, but what about your son who got a couple million dollars from, from this mayor over. He, he over, also brought up the son's drug addiction. And, and Biden said, and here's the fourth conversation. Remember I said there was one between Biden and the moderator, the one between Trump and the moderator, the one between Trump and Biden, but the true conversation that I think mattered was when Biden kept turning to the camera and was like, I'm talking to the American people. And he was trying his best to get points across. Those little moments were the moments I felt were good for him. Now, are there moments where he should have pushed back a bit more? Sure. I mean, at a point, Biden was like, yo, hey man, shut up. Like, do you understand? Like, wait, what are you guys, you're vying for the highest office in the land and y'all yelling at each other about nothing. Like you, we, we haven't even talked about any issues yet. You making shit up, people fact-checking you like, nah, that's a lie, nah, that's a lie, nah, that's a lie. Like, where where are we? What twilight zone? I saw I saw a tweet, um, I think you may have saw it too, where they're like, hey, do you think other countries are laughing at us right now? Yes, they are. I did see that tweet, and I wanted to reply back, but I thought it would have made me sound like a, a, a jerk. Um, no, I said, absolutely. No, the reason I said, I was going to say, yeah, I know they're laughing at us, because when me and my wife got married, we went on honeymoon in Europe, and everybody, like, we would, we, of course, we did all the touristy shit, and we was on that double-decker bus, and the guy announcing it was like, hey, so who's from America? When we raised our hands, they had so many jokes about Trump. And, of course, we laughed. We was like, man, we ain't vote for that nigga. But, we, of course, we didn't say nigga in front of the white people over there. Of course. Yeah, we can't. Just didn't feel right. Trust it. But we was, <laughs> but we was like, now nah, we ain't vote for him. They had so many jokes about him. Um, we went to a comedy show later that day. Those comedians had... They see him as a joke. They don't take him seriously. There's like, like they look at us and was like, honestly, what the fuck was y'all thinking electing him? And granted, they can't talk. They got that Boris guy who's a, just a big of a doofus Trump is. Hey, say word. So it's like, y'all can't talk. Y'all just as fucked up as we are. Nah, I, Actually, no, nah, we might be a little bit more fucked up. Than I saw another tweet. Uh, I think Trevor Noah put it out and he was like, Watching uh, Christopher Wallace, and th th this is the white Christopher Wallace, not the late great. Not, not our Christopher <laughs> Not our Christopher Wallace. The only one we acknowledge is Wallace. Wallace but, yeah, uh, nah, not that one. There, his tweet said, after watching Christopher Wallace tonight, it makes you respect kindergarten teachers a lot more. Because <laughs> like, That's how he acted. Like, it's just like, dude, like this is the most childish shit I've ever seen. Even, even biting... Biden got down in the dirt with him from time to time. I'm not gonna give him a pass. Or he like he was just like, dude, you a clown. Now, mind you, I would have said that. <laughs> but, I would have said that. And he was painted like a clown. He was very orange. He was very, very extra. But come on, come on, Joe. <laughs> That's my thing when it comes to Trump. I think there's so much stuff you can throw at him but they choose not to. Like he says thing and nobody fact checks him in the moment. Like they wait, you know, 
the next day or the next show and say, well, Trump said this and this is a lie. And it's like, no, but y'all knew it was a lie the moment he said it. Why nobody says, no, sir, that's actually false. This is what it is. Can you tell me the truth? Like, it depends on the it depends on the broadcast, man. Some broadcasts are gonna call them out, and other broadcasts are part of the the dream selling. Like one of the things I'd have been curious to know, why nobody asked him about the wall that he promised on his first campaign run? Like, hey, you promised that we were gonna get this wall and Mexico was gonna pay for it. Where are we? <laughs> Where are we with this? Because at this point, nobody cares. <laughs> like, honestly. And at the end of the day, I would have hoped. I don't want the wall. I just want to point out that you lied on some bullshit and you didn't fulfill a promise. I mean, that's the point. point. At this point, or, I mean, he lied on some bullshit. He lies. He but does that's that my day. thing. Exactly. Paint him in the corner. Hey, you lied about this. Tell us why you lied. You lied about this. Tell us about that lie. Like, for example, that book by. Woodward, I believe. What's his name? Anyway, a book just came out about Trump. And in this book, it painted very alarming stories. It painted the picture that Trump was not only aware of coronavirus before he admitted he was aware, he knew that it was deadly. But then he came out and told the American people that it wasn't that serious. Why wasn't Joe said that. Joe said that. Joe, Joe, Joe Biden said that, but it was washed over by Trump, you know, yelling, being extra and all the other things that were going on. Honestly, nothing. It was an hour and a half for America to get together and waste time because nothing came out of that besides this guy is a little bit of an asshole and this guy really couldn't I couldn't even get what I wanted to hear from either guy at this point it was literally a waste of an entire country's time the moderator's job is to ask the question and and try to get the person to answer it as as best as they can but you got to also remember that the moderator was from Fox News so the moderator this is the one who kind of pushes back at him a little bit but he was never going to push back far enough that he might lose his job He's going to ask a, a, as much of a bipartisan, non-biased question, but he's not going to do it to an extent where he might lose his job. And the fact that you, the fact that that's the reality of it is fucked up because I don't care what side of the aisle you sit on, you would want someone competent running the country, would you not? Well, I guess not because they prefer to have him in the house more so than Hillary, who was the most qualified candidate at the time. Not and at the time. I will go uh, on a limb and say Hillary. No, no, no. I said at the time because she was running, but honestly, there hasn't been another candidate that had a resume that can compare to hers. 100%. Most so, qualified candidate ever to run for that seat. And you know what's, what's crazy? When she had her debates with Trump, she said things that we're seeing now. She brought up his tax returns and she says, you know, maybe the reason he doesn't show his tax return because he hasn't paid taxes in X amount of years. And the only time he did show it was when he was trying to get a casino. And Trump said, that makes me smart. Fast forward, the man ain't pay shit in taxes. And the only time he did pay something in taxes, 
was when he was trying to get that casino. And even then, it shows, hey, nigga lost a lot of money. He already told us he wasn't paying taxes. That's what makes him smart. None of this should be shocking. $750? Yeah, you at least expect him to at least pay a couple thousand, but $750? Not shocked. You're right. That's not the shocking part. The, I wouldn't even say this is the shocking part. It's the upsetting part. It's the part where when you address people who support him and who made excuses for these things, and you go back and say, you see what well, he was lying there and you said it was this. Now that you know he's lying and I was right about this, what's your opinion on him? And it doesn't change. So it's like, it's like, what is your draw to this man? What is he honestly doing for you to make your life better? Why are you so beholding to him? And this is a question I've yet to get a logical answer to. And you're not going to. I'm not going to say there isn't a logical. I'm pretty sure there's a logical answer. I'm not, I wouldn't agree with it. But you're not going to get it. I'm not going to get it. I'm not that high on the food chain in life to get somebody to tell me the truth as to, oh, we vote for him because he keeps these things in place for us. And this is how we continue to make our money. Like, I would like to hear an answer like that, but I'm never going to get it. No. Um, I will, I do not look forward to the next presidential debate. I'm not going to watch it. I do look forward to the vice presidential debate. I think that is going to be worth it. Kamala Harris is going to do a great job getting the true points across. I think she is. I think when it comes to her versus Pence, she's a prosecutor. She might eat him alive on that stage as good as she's in, she, she can, she can, whatever it is that whatever message they want to get out. It's going to get out during that day. She's going to set the path for everything. But the debate put me in such like a, an annoying dark space. And I was like, I, as, as big as that was, it was like the big news of the week and the big thing of the week. I was like, yo, I refuse for us to come in here and just talk about that. So we're going to do something a little different. We're actually going to play a game of 21 questions. Just so that we can we can do on some positive shit, you know, let the viewers get to know us a little bit, and just I'm sure it'll spark some interesting conversation. So you down? Yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. All right, all right. So question number one, you ready? I'm ready. If you had a time machine, would you go back in time or visit the future? Nigga, I'm black. Ain't nothing back in time is good. Hell yeah. Like, I tell that to people all the time. <laughs> if I go, as a black man, if I go back in time, I'm going back to 1990, as far as I would go. <laughs> 93, maybe. <laughs> I'm not going back in time. I would, I would go to the future. How far in the future? I would, go, I would go 100 years in the future. That's what I would do. Why 100 years, specifically? Because everybody... I would say 150 years. And the reason I say that, because everybody that I actually know would no longer be on earth. Because if I would have went, let's say if I would have went 50 years in the future, part of me would want to look for my kids and see what my kids are doing and what they look like and who are my grandbabies. But if I go 150 years, those people wouldn't be around. So I wouldn't be beholden to look for them. And I would just be curious on what the world looks like. And I can't even begin to imagine what the world would look like in 150 years. I mean, just think about how the world changed in the 30 years we've been alive. And with the progression of technology and how the world changes, I can't 
even fathom of what the world is going to look like in 150 years. You wouldn't want to go see your grand check on your grandkids to see if you even have grandkids. You wouldn't follow up on that thing. at all. No, I think that'd be. I would be. It would be scary because what if, what if I see something I wasn't ready to digest? That Agreed. would really fuck me up. But you're telling me you have the power. Like you're you're in this time machine. You're allowed to go wherever you want. And you go in these hundred years. You're telling me you have that power. You're not even going to at least the temptation is not even going to be there to at least the temptation, check on your family. The temptation would be there. The fear of seeing something I'm not ready to see would stop me. Okay. Okay. But it would definitely be. And it's crazy because what in the future they're still kneeling and protesting and we're still getting hoses and not as beat by new weapons. I'd be like, that is fucked up. But then again, I mean, I don't that if if you if I had to bet on one thing that would be absolutely certain 150 years from now, like anything just hey what's one thing that you think will still be here i think tribalism and racism will still be a thing we'll have to deal with i don't see that going anywhere any fucking time so me neither me neither all right where what about you, you where would you where would you go 93 that was your fun if i was to go back in time i would go back 94 96 as an adult just so I could be in that vibe of a the party vibe of hip hop at its height, like I I would want to be, like I would want to go to New York. I would want to go see Biggie in concert. Well, not ninety six. Let me say ninety five. <laughs> like I want to go to go see Biggie in concert, a Tupac in concert. Like people who I know I I would have never been able to experience if I was to go back in time, or maybe back when I was back there in ninety three. I may have bought a couple stock in you know Macintosh, or. Uh, you know, Apple or spoke to a young, a young man named uh, Jeffrey Bezos or what have you. And just, you know, gave him about $10, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, get yourself a computer. Like, you know, something like, <laughs> um, I would do that. But if I was going to the future, I, I don't know how I would feel about not check. I don't know how that temptation wouldn't be to, you know, check all my family. I would literally have to go like, a thousand years like i would want to see what the world's going to be like a thousand years from now like if i would have to go dinosaurs was back i mean <laughs> i mean bro entire countries and continents are on fire yeah, i mean it's not impossible <laughs> hell we might not even be here like it might be a whole a whole real problem so yeah that would be my thing i'd go a thousand years just to see how far technology has leaped dude the space program didn't start that long ago like we were sending people to the moon in our lifetime yo i'm walking around with a phone matter of fact let me rephrase i'm walking around with a full handheld computer which was shit that people only saw in star trek like i'm literally walking around with devices where i could just touch like a touch screen was like crazy that was futuristic shit that shit is regular now if I was to see somebody with a fo- with a button, yo, I remember I saw somebody the other day that still had a button on their iPhone. I like, damn, that nigga ain't about shit in life. Like, I judged that nigga. I judged him. He was trying to give me some advice. I was like, nigga, you got a seven. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you mentioned the space program, the the computer that made 
that space mission possible, your phone is more powerful than that computer. A hundred percent. And that's what's crazy. The fact that back in the day, I used to have to hook up another device to my phone so I could just see who was calling me. Like, it's crazy. The, the computers, the fact that I can fold, I have a MacBook Air as small as this laptop is. I could literally run an entire business from it. I remember back in the day, I, I just looked at a picture uh, in my mother's room where we had the one computer in the house. It was this huge giant box with a screen, a huge giant screen sitting on top of it. And you couldn't have told me we weren't like the most technologically advanced family on the block. Couldn't have told me <laughs> shit. Bro, we got a computer in our house. We playing Read a Rabbit and all sorts of, and what's the other one? Uh, Oregon Trail at the crib. You can't eat, bro, you can't fuck with us. <laughs> I remember when having a, a computer in the house meant you were like well off. Now, every household, I want to say typically, I mean, tablets included, every household has about at least two computers at the very least. There's at least a desktop, a laptop, or a tablet in every house. Just about, I'm not going to say every household, but on average, just about every household. And that is crazy. Dude, in front of me alone is my laptop, my iPad, and my phone. All powerful, more powerful devices than that that hunk of thing, that hunk of junk that was sitting in my mom's bedroom back in the day. All right, question number two. Would you rather have a home on the beach or in the mountains? That's a good one. Um, I At first, I was just going to jump out and say beach, but then again, it's like, oh, hurricanes. But then it's like, Mountains are nice, but it doesn't have not. to be. It doesn't have to be Miami Beach. Like it could be a beach anywhere. Okay, yeah, I would say the beach. I'm, I'm much. I'm a bigger fan of the water than I am of the mountains. But the mountains are gorgeous, though. Because I've lived in Miami my whole life, and I've always had access to a beach, I wouldn't mind living up in the mountains. Where here's the problem, though: living in the mountains is inconvenient as fuck most times. Most times, most people who have big houses in the mountains have to travel forever to get to where they need to go. Plus, I saw the movie The Revenant. I'm really not trying to fight with no grizzly bear who decided that my house is now his place. What am I going to do? Hey, bro, you can, you can have it. Smokey, come on in. Yogi, yeah. come on in. <laughs> <laughs> now, that is scary. On top of that, when the first time I went to Colorado, uh, I went for work. And I was there like Monday through Friday. And, uh, and the guy that I was partnering with Monday through Friday, he left like that Friday night. So that weekend I was there by myself and another guy was coming that Monday. So that weekend I was there by myself. I didn't feel like staying in a hotel. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get in the car, drive around, get lost. And then when I'm ready to go back to my hotel, I'll plug in my GPS, drive back to the hotel, whatever. And that's what I did. Got in the car. I'm just driving around. And I ended up on one of these back roads. Like I headed west towards the mountains. And I ended up on this road driving into the mountain. And it was cool at first. But these roads get windy and they get thin pretty Bro, fast. Man. And they don't, not every curb has that rail to protect you from going over. And a lot of these mountains, since the road is windy, like you have like blind corners. I've never held the steering wheel so tight in my life. I was so fucking scared driving. I ain't been scared driving like that 
I can't even tell you when. So living in the mountains ain't for me because I couldn't deal with driving on those windy roads day in a day. And I can't imagine driving on it when it snows and the and the roads are slick. Like, no, fuck that. I'm good. Yeah. So I'm good. I'd have to go beach. I'd have to go beach because I navigated the beach my whole life. I can work it out. Wherever spot I put my house, if I was alongside, like in California, they have like houses right off the beach. Literally, yeah. you could drive right on the goddamn sand. So if I had a beach set up like that, I'd be for it. Like if the beach was my private beach, I'm all good. I think that's where we differ. Because actually, I would like a beach that has a lot of rocks because I like hearing the waves crash. No, that too. All I'm saying is it's private. It's mine. Yeah. Oh, right, I still, right. I wouldn't mind having some rocks. I would love to hear the wave crash as I like have my window open. But I still want to be able to walk out on the beach, have a picnic on the beach, you know, sit down with my lady, sit down with my kids, and just enjoy our beach without having right. everybody else in the world, you know, fucking with it. Got you. Question number three. What's your favorite childhood game? <laughs> freeze tag. Freeze tag. Why? <laughs> freeze tag Why that is... made you chuckle? Because it's been so long since I played it. Freeze tag was fun. And it was, it's one of those games where it's like, if you haven't played, it's hard to explain because it wasn't no winner. It's just you ran around and chased your friends and you touched them and they had so to pause. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those games. You go, Play till you got tired, man. Freeze tag was dope. Freeze tag, hide and go seat was dope, but nah, I would, man, have a good group of friends. I would love to play freeze tag again. You know what I didn't like about y'all niggas who played freeze tag? You know, like the cool thing about freeze tag is, you know, you had the one person who get caught, right? Like if I catch the fast person who's free, right? I caught him. Now he's stuck. Now he mad. Cause you know, he think he athletic. He shouldn't have been caught. No way. Now he frozen. <laughs> And now I'm not letting anybody get to him to unfreeze him. <laughs> you know, when you were a kid, you start making up rules. Hey, no garden, no garden, no garden. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we come up with all these new ass rules. Like, no, no, you can't guard him like that. Because, you know, I know for a fact y'all really want him to get out. I done froze all the little slow ones real quick. Yeah. You, I got you. And now everybody's trying to set you free because they want to be in your good graces and kiss your ass and shit. Nah, nigga. <laughs> I'm just as fast. Come on, like I said. <laughs> I was the only black kid in my school. There's <laughs> <laughs> like one other dude who, who rode in the car with me. There was only <laughs> one extra dude who came in like, the one extra guy who came in like third grade. But he came with me. So I'm one of the fastest kids in the school. Nah, kid, you not, no. No, nah. Mikey H from the state right here, kid. <laughs> <laughs> so freeze tag is dope, man. Freeze tag is dope, but if I had to say my game, childhood game, I'd have to say it's a tie between hide and go seek. Cause I, like I said, I I I loved hide and go. Like I love, I was a monster at hide and go seek. Plus hide and go seek, not not that. Like hide and go seek used to just be able to go find your best spot and you know once you found you a spot it was your spot and if you could get away with that spot for like two or three games like you feel like bruh can't nobody hide better than me i'm the best hider seeker ever <laughs> like to that one day you go in your spot and there's somebody there that's like nigga what the fuck 
or or, or they see you ain't been caught a couple times and they come running over here. Now yo, like, bro, you done made the block hot. What the fuck you doing over here? Like, bro, man, if you'll get the fuck, and then and it always be the little slow kid, not slow up here, like in his brain, but like he not fast. So now he done made the block. Now, now this spot blown. The spot under the slide blown. I can't even stay here no more. <laughs> and the spot was fine because the nigga, the nigga who was counting would always run past me because you know the whatever the big thing, the tree was the base. So now I can't it's, even get back. <laughs> it's the most obvious uh hiding spots they go to first. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta be right up under their nose. And then as soon as they run past you, ah. just sneak right onto the base. <laughs> you ready? Ah, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and kickball. Bro, I used to love some kickball. Kickball made me realize I was old because the last time I played kickball, I pulled my hamstring. Yeah, you told me. <laughs> that was when I realized, like, oh, shit, nigga, you ain't, you ain't 19 no more. Hey, I had a coworker, right? Um, it was like the changing of the medical plans. Like when you go from one, like one plan to another. And he had just, we had just opened up this new, uh, this new plan that was a lot cheaper. It's called a high deductible plan. And so people who don't go to, you know, people don't go to the doctor. They only go to the doctor for their routine shit. They don't, you know, they're not sickly or anything like that. So, you know, your deductible is a lot higher. So you may have to pay out of pocket a bit more if you happen to go to the hospital, right? So he had just signed up for it, saving lots of money. We go, literally, the dead became effective. We moved over from the old plan to the new plan. We're playing kickball, practicing for the big, like, corporation-wide thing. He literally, they kick the ball, and he goes running. Running out to catch it. Yeah, because we were just practicing. You know, everybody just kicking the ball, and he just running, running, running. Extended his arm for the the ball. Hyper extended his elbow. Fucked him up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So... Question number four, I believe. What food do you crave the most often? The food I crave the most often. Oh, um, conch salad from Bahamas, because I only eat it like once every two years or something like that. Mm. And it ain't even fancy, bruh. It's just literally, it's fresh conch, freshly diced tomatoes, Red and green bell peppers and lime juice. That is it. That's all it is. But it's so good. And they don't even, I don't know why kunk, well, kunk is readily available in Bahamas. But here in Miami, it's not so much. But it's like, yo, we share the same water. Like, Bahamas is literally, it's a hot skipping a job. Like, people who got boats here, they get in their boats and go lobster fishing in Bahamas. I wouldn't say all the time, but when it's in season, and come like, that's a common thing. They, they, nigga, they get in a boat from Miami Beach or Hallover, they go to Bahamas, and they come right back same day. So it ain't far. But it's like, yo, if we share in the same water, how come it's harder? Why is kunk so expensive here? But over there, I mean, they run through it. But yeah, man, kunk salad over there is, is fucking delicious. And this is coming from a guy who don't, who, I don't like seafood like that. But I only, I'll eat their kunk. Mine is a real well-seasoned fried snapper fish, like well-seasoned bone-in. I I just love a good well-fried fish or a good baked fish. I like 
I, since we just staying in the seafood topic, if now my favorite food, like my favorite meal, would probably be steak, Capital Grill, bone in, love it. But a good fried fish is because I don't have, I don't get it as often, because not everybody can make it properly. And I don't need you to cut the head off. Nah, leave that, leave that nigga right there. Give me all of it. You know what I mean? Give it all to me. I, I want so I could get my my hot sauce and and like my grandma used. To, you know, maybe it's because it's connected to my grandmother. My grandmother used to make the best fried fish. And we now that she's passed, I I don't get it. But man, when she used to make it and she'd make it with the grits, and she know I ain't like cheese in my grits, so she'd just make mine with a little butter and light salt. Two shakes of pepper, man. I tell you, I the day the woman who makes that for me, <laughs> the woman who makes that for me, just give me about thirty minutes to run to the store and get you a ring. <laughs> like give me about thirty minutes. But on the real though, you don't like cheese in your grits, fam. Growing up, I wasn't a big cheese fan. Oh, okay. Like I, I say, like oh my I was God, a I think weird. You're tripping. I was a weirdo kid. Like, I used to take the cheese off my pizza growing up. I just didn't but, really like cheese like that. Oh, I used to take, yeah, okay. ready? This is how crazy. I used to take the cheese off my pizza and then put the sausage back on it in the same spots I just took it from. <laughs> <laughs> That's my number two. I'm a big fan of pizza. If I had a, a number two, I don't think I ever, ever. You know, when I was a kid, one of the things that scared me about growing up was I would lose my appetite for pizza. Because pizza always seemed like a child's food and adults didn't eat pizza. Growing up, I re- growing up, realized I was wrong. I still love pizza as if I was still a kid again. Pizza is my shit. The thing is now is where I like my pizzas from. I'm not the biggest on pizza chains. I like going to hole in the walls. I agree. I'm not a pizza person. Like, honestly, if because we went to school together, literally ate pizza every day for four years it was that or a random chicken box from time to time when they had them but most of the time you ate the same pizza with the same sun kiss every day for four years i left high school saying dog if i don't have to i'm never eating another slice of pizza i just didn't i just as you can hear growing up it already was a food that i had to do too much work for anyway but when I started to like cheese and enjoy it, I just, I, I just, if I have choices, like say everybody's getting together, I'm never throwing out pizza as a suggestion of, hey, let's go get that. It's just not my thing. But if it's around, I'll take a slice. I get a little, I get a little cheesy bread. You know, it is what it is. But that's just me. All right, question number five. If you could go to one place on earth, where would you go? If I could go to one place right now, Singapore. There's several things I really want to see. They have what's been voted as the best airport in the country. I mean, not in the country, in the world. Um, their airport is such an attraction that it is a crime to buy an airplane ticket and not travel. So that was one of the issues they, they dealt with. People would buy airplane tickets just so they can go in the airport and then spend all their day in the airport. It's, it's, it's beautiful. I want to say this. I don't want to say there's a theme park in the airport, but there's a lot of attractions in their airport, and I just want to see it. On top of that, they have a lot of building that incorporates greenery in the building. Like, they have 
a whole bunch of like hanging gardens and and stuff like that growing all along the buildings and is it looks gorgeous they have this one hotel um i believe it's called sands marina or something like that like you've seen it you know just looking at like you know just being on the internet is that one hotel there's like three buildings but it has that one it looks like a surfboard that connects all three buildings on the top it's like a a, a sky no, I know. balcony or whatever i want to go to that hotel it's just and then on top of that it's on the other side of the planet and i'm pretty sure things are really different there but not okay it's on the other side of the planet and things are really different there however they deal with enough tourism where i won't feel uncomfortable eating the food because i have a very weak stomach so that's always a concern of mine when i'm traveling to new places whether i'll be able to put down the food so right now singapore is really high on my list um a close second and third would be tokyo japan and switzerland tokyo japan again for the culture and it being completely different switzerland simply for the scenery every time i've gone on gone online and i'm looking at different nature scenes and stuff the most beautiful images of mountains and greenery waterfalls it's always somewhere in switzerland so i i need i would love to see the environment the just the landscape and all that of switzerland okay if we're gonna go three we're gonna yeah, go let's three. do three all right throw tokyo in there from my young anime days and just that japan scene there's just something really appealing about that scene like i know that japan really heavily influences a lot of what people see is high fashion and I would love to go there. Also, you know, like I said, the, the young Goku kid in me really would love to see how, just to see the world that inspired a lot of these things. You know what I mean? No, I get you. So Bora Bora. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good Bora one. Bora has always been on my list of places to go. It's just so fucking beautiful. It's just, it looks like so real. I, I could just see myself, putting my phone away, going, going with my lady, getting one of those big uh, bungalows bungalows right there on the water. And we just enjoy ourselves getting to, you know, know each other further and just literally zone out, go have good meals at the, at the main hotel and then come back to our bungalow and just zone all the way out. No phones, nothing, just enjoy life. That's dope. Yeah. Bora Bora is definitely up there. That's actually um, is where I would want to take my wife on our 10 year wedding anniversary. I want to go to Bora Bora. It's dope. And the last one, just because every picture I see of Iceland is like fucking amazing. Iceland has like this one place where there's like a mountain literally right off the side of a beach and it has black sand. Oh man, I'll send you a picture. I want... I want to go visit that place. It's just everything about that place. Because, you know, people think Iceland, they think it's cold. It's actually the opposite. Iceland is green and Greenland is really cold. So, right. <laughs> so I just, I would love to go there and enjoy, just enjoy the scenery and probably embrace a whole new world outside of, you know, the America shit show that we live in. Moving on. Question number six. <laughs> As the architecture students that we once were, and you literally living in that world, as of today, 
in a limited time, because you could go very detailed with this question. Okay. What would your dream house look like? Oh, you are absolutely right. I could have gone detailed. <laughs> so I need you to limit it to the type of house, maybe the number of bedrooms, something very specific in the house you would want, the style maybe, and that's it. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, I try to do my best to keep this as simple as possible. Do you know where the Gable Estates are? Yes. My dream home will be located in one of those waterfront properties in the Gable Estates. Um, I will have, I mean, the number of bedrooms, four or five bedrooms, but I want a, a movie room that could sit up maybe 10 to 12 people. I want uh, I want a nice kitchen and a nice dining area because I'm big on food, but I want a summer kitchen, a kitchen, no. you know, that outside. You you, hold on, let me interrupt you. You said you big on food? Yeah. Your weak food. ass stomach. You just said and said how weak your stomach is. But the stuff I like, I like it a lot. Okay, I'm moving back. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, a summer kitchen. Um, I would say a nice pool, although I'm not big of a pool guy. I, I like to entertain the people around me, so I'm pretty sure they'll appreciate the pool. But yeah, just in all honesty, there there is there's two homes in South Florida that if you were to say, okay, if you what's your dream home, what it would look like, I'll send you those two homes and be like, if I can move into something like that, that'd be perfect. But yeah, a waterfront property, a summer kitchen, a couple bedrooms, uh entertainment room where I could watch movies and just zone out. Um, of course, it'll have a man cave and a nice bedroom and all that, but it'll definitely look modern. That's another thing. I would definitely want it a more modern looking home as far as architectural style goes. Okay. Okay. Um, my dream home would definitely be in a high rise somewhere. Um, loft setting. So I want brick. I want, you know, steel. Like I want a more of an industrial look. Industrial slash minimal. I would definitely, I can see like five or six bedrooms, you know, typical man stuff. Uh, a, I'll call it a viewing room. So my lady can, you know, have her little friends in there to watch whatever, whatever. But I want a big movie theater type room so I could go watch my, well, I can watch like NFL Sunday, like Sundays could just be like, I could watch the finals in this big ass room. You know what I mean? Like I, I want to have a space where I could just do that. I would definitely want a home office. I would definitely want a, a closet where I can walk a, a, a decent sized closet. Like think of our typical bedrooms we have now. Yeah. Put two of them together. I want a closet closet. Like I want a space for my shoes. Uh, I want to have already collected all my Jordan ones in my dream life, in my dream home, all the ones I ever wanted. Like I, I want it to be set up very nice. I'd also, I want a good kitchen, stainless steel products, you know, uh, an island. I've always just been very, I've always wanted just a really nice island in my home, big size island. Also space for, for eating, like a little nook area for people to eat. And, you know, place for my kids, like, it's, though we're in a high rise, I still want them to have a place to, you know, you know, playroom, something. playroom, stuff like that. So, yeah, that's my dream home. 
That's all right. All right. If you could choose to own any car, any car in the world ever created, what would it be? And I'm guessing this includes concept cars too. Any car. There's a Lamborghini that they modeled after a fighter jet. I think it's called the Lamborghini Ego Egoista. Egoista is how it's mm. pronounced, I believe. And it just looks, man, it looks dope to me. Now, again, this won't be an everyday car. This this will be a driving car. Whenever I just feel like, you know, let me take a nice drive down wherever I'm living. If it's if I'm if I'm still in South Florida, this will be a nice drive down the A1A just because I can. Dude, the car only sits one person. It hugs you like the seat of a fighter jet. Mm. But it looks so like honestly, if you were to take a, a an F-16 and turn it into a car, this is what it would look like or something. So that would be my car. If I had to choose, it would be Eleanor. A uh, 1971 Mustang. Gotta still be in that smoke gray. I, that, that, that movie, Gone in 60 Seconds, it sold me so well. That is my dream car. Like, when I feel like I've made some money and I hit my midlife crisis and I just want to go out and buy this like random purchase or whatever. That is the car that I okay. look forward to purchasing. I wouldn't even say that's a midlife crisis car. That's a nice car though. Overall, period. What is a, what is your biggest pet peeve? What is something, what is the thing that makes you angriest? Angriest. Ooh. I know it's weird because I'm not a mostly an angry person. So it's yeah. like, I would say my biggest pet peeve is, again, I'm the type of person, like, I, I don't speak on everything that bothers me. So when I do voice my opinion on something that bothers me, that means it really, really bothers me. Okay, I'm with you. And if I tell you something is bothering me and you continue to do it, is my biggest. That takes me to zero to ten with you. The absolute quickest. Can't argue with you. 100%. It might be mine. <laughs> that might be mine. Do I have small pet peeves? Yeah, I have a couple small ones. Yeah. But if I tell you about the small one and then you do it again, that that's it. It's like, all right, you know what? And depending on the scenario, I may be willing to, all right, we should just fight right now because that's all I want to do, right? I'm going to punch in your shit. No, you, no, square up, square up. No, you want to fight. <laughs> I'm taking that's my all. jacket off and all. Let's go. Yeah, that's exactly how I'm taking it. Oh, this you just challenged me to fight. That's what this is. Okay. All right. So here's another one. What's something that always brings a smile to your face? One thing that always brings it. I mean, besides my daughter. <laughs> my answer is going to be very similar, so nah, don't feel bad. Oh, but other than my baby and my beautiful wife, uh, Something that always brings a smile to my face. <laughs> this is gonna sound silly, but it's a video. Like funny voiceover videos is that's my shit. That always cracks me up. A good one. Are you familiar with the comedian named Kerwin? I am. Okay, you seen the one he did with the kid in Africa? Yeah, yeah. Those videos crack me up. Every time I see him, <laughs> it's fucking hilarious to me. I love him. Oh, coming to America, I cannot watch that movie and not laugh. It's just, 
It's so good. I'm honestly going to stick to my niece. That, 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 she, she bring a smile to my face. Even when she's being her worst self <laughs> at seven years old. Because now it was different when, you know, growing up, she didn't, she couldn't really communicate as well because she had a, a, a speech problem. So, and especially growing in, growing in two separate homes where one side speaks a lot of Spanish and one side speaks a lot of English. Like it really could confuse her. Yeah. So she would always be this really, she would always be very frustrated and would act out until up until like four, like we were really worried about her and she started going to speech therapy. And look, when she put one sentence together, she, she hasn't shut up since. <laughs> so making so, up for lost time. She hasn't. And she makes sure that her opinion is voiced and is well known. So I'll give it to her. I love seeing my I love seeing my other nieces. Um, whenever I see that, like those two those two girls are characters. From my my sister Renika, like those two girls are characters. For them to be as young as they are, mature characters. I I haven't met my nephew yet because he lives out of town. When I meet uh-huh. him, I'm sure he's a character. Adams, you know that's what we do. But those that that group of people right there, just something about being around that innocence of kids. You know what I mean, like. Everything they say is so honest. Like they're just oh, telling yes. you how they feel, and it could be on some. Hey, you look ugly today. You do something different. Like, like kids are honest as fuck. And so, blunt, very yeah. blunt. No, but yeah, you can't go wrong because that's why I said something else. So besides the babies, what what else? Um, besides the babies, what always puts a smile on my face? Seeing old friends. Linking up with people, having conversations about old times, you know, remembering the connections I once had with certain people. That's good. To me, that's, that's, that, that always brings joy to me. Um, what song reminds you most of your life? Honestly, Nostalmatic, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Mm, that's a good one. Heart of the City, Jay-Z. Wasn't that around the same time? Maybe. That, uh, blueprint? It's off, the blue, it's off the blueprint. Yeah, around. Okay, yeah. Heart of the City has always felt like the soundtrack. It's all, in my mind, it's always been like the soundtrack to my life. Um, mm. I'm not even saying it's my favorite Jay-Z song, but it's just something about that specific song. And I'm talking the live version, the, the Jaguar, right, who was singing Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City. Like the live mm. version that he did when he did that Unplugged. Like that version of it, man, like that's my, that to me, that is, that's the, the song that reminds me most of my life. So if you had to pick one song to be the soundtrack of your life, would that be the song? Yeah. See, Nas song, it, it I will, out of all the songs in my head that, that, that's that time machine, that song probably has the strongest grip on me that takes me back to a place a really good place I was in in high school mm-hmm. and that year and just that time was a really happy time in my life Same but, here. If, but if I had to pick one song to be like it would play whenever I walked into a room as like my theme song it'll be Joey Badass Waves I just love the beat how he flowed on the song okay if we talking theme songs so if I was to say 
my theme song would be Tribe by Boss and J. Cole. That is a dope song. Like, if that was this, like, whenever I walked in a room, if that was the song that was playing, it feels good. It feels like summer. It feels really, it feels youthful, hopeful. It feels happy. It's a happy feeling song. I like it. Yeah. So, which is more important, truth or happiness? (laughs) Well, that was a good one. What is better, truth or happiness? I would go with happiness because, man, what if, I don't know, man. I I really enjoy being happy, although you would hope that you find happiness Mm -hmm. in the truth. Mm -hmm. However, if the truth brought it, and I'm looking at it this way. If the truth brought nothing but heartache, would I be okay with that? Whereas if... I didn't know the truth and I was always happy. Would I be okay with that? And I think I could be okay with just always being happy and not knowing the truth. But it's like, look, if I find out about it or not, that changes everything. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So quick answer. Speed it up. <laughs> All right. We're going through the speed round. It's getting late in the hour. It's fourth quarter. Would you rather be rich or be famous? Rich. Easy. Rich, 100%. I didn't even think we needed to waste time on that. <laughs> if, you, if you were a superhero, what would your powers be? I already have mine. I had to be a hero? If you were a superhero, what would your powers be? You could choose to do what you want to do. You know, but with great power comes great responsibility, young man. I would say I would be, I would have Spider-Man's powers and I would be an NBA player. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fulfill them childhood dreams. Not, I would not be no superhero. <laughs> I'd be super maxes all day. All right. So if I was a superhero um, to go on brand, I would just be rich and smart and I'd be Batman. <laughs> but if I had to be a hero, though, I would have Magneto's powers. I like his powers a lot. You can tell somebody been reading House of M. All right. Moving on. Here's a softball one for you. If you could pick your ideal mate, how would that person be if you could describe her? Yeah, that is a softball. I have her. Good answer. (laughs) If I could pick my ideal mate, she would be honest, caring, come from a, a good family background. And even if not a good family background, something where you could tell there's love for family and in, instilled in that person. I know my wife is probably going to be listening to this. So I'm going to say why she's my ideal mate. She, one, she came, she comes from a good family background. Um, but also she's passionate. She's driven. Mm. She's funny. And she's super, super caring. Like, when she's into something, she puts her all into it. I, I want someone who's ambitious and, 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 like you said, passionate about what it is that they do, regardless of whatever it is. Hey, if you stack, if you collect metal cans for a living, I want you to be the best metal can collector in the world. You know what I mean? Like, whatever yeah. it is that you do, I want you to have true passion behind it. I want you to truly love what it is that you do. And what really set her apart for me, 
she gave me the push I needed to explore new things. Like I wasn't, I was okay with traveling, wasn't the biggest on traveling. She was the one that was like, nah, we going to Costa Rica. She was the one that, nah, we gonna go to these places. And I was like, oh, okay. So now it's like, she exposed me to things that I don't think I would have exposed myself to on my own. And that was, that's a really big thing for me. I appreciate that. I would, I would love that too. Like somebody who could get me out of my comfort zone. Yes, um, that's a good way to put it. She helps me get out of my comfort zone. Help me see the side of myself that I didn't know I had. Right. Um, and just like, I want a best friend. You know what I mean? Right. Like somebody who, like the, the somebody who I share my little, I see a meme, I send it to her. Like I see something funny. Like that's the person who I, who I start my day with, who I end my day with. You know, the first name on my lips, like in my, on my mind. That's what I'm looking for. A lot of that shit sounds very cliche, but we're in a in a rush round. But maybe but one day it's the truth, though. It is the truth. It's why would I aspire for anything less? Right. And someone who brings out the better in me, not just not just helps me explore the world, but somebody who brings out the better, the better version of me. And we're constantly right. working to be the better version of ourselves for each other because we're both going to grow. Exactly. If you could change anything about yourself, what would it be? Anything about myself. Physically? I didn't say anything specifically, but it physically is what it is. If I could change anything about myself, I would change the degree I have. Like, if I could just swap it out, I'll swap out my degree for an engineering degree. Being an engineer in my field, dude, open a tremendous amount of doors. If I could change anything, I would tell myself, hey, finish your degree, do it within the time that you have it, and really, you have no idea what having that in your back pocket will do for you. But also, I don't know if I would have gotten here without going through the trials and tribulations that not having a degree for literally 15 years got me, you know? Let me ask you this, a quick remix of that question. Say if you could go back in time and tell yourself three things, just three words, what would those three words be to help change your life today? What would you tell yourself? Cherish your family. Okay, that's a good one. I would tell myself, learn to sell. That's real. Because... From my experience in the real world, if you know how to sell, there's virtually no place you can't go. Which has been my experience. Because like I said, I didn't have a degree until literally the anniversary of my degree is in a couple months. Like I haven't even had a degree for a full year. But everything I've gotten to to this point has been off of me just being able, you know, having, like I said, I have the gift of gab from time to time and I know how to sell myself. When you go into any interview, this is the professional side of the samurai professionals. If you go into any interview, literally they already, if you're in the room, you already have a right to be in the room. Don't be worried about what's on the piece of paper that you gave them. That's why you're in the room. More now, than likely they haven't read it. That's why they're sitting there with it in their hand and they're asking you questions that's right in front of them. And honestly, they don't care that much. There may no. be a couple questions they ask off of that, but really what they want to know is, 
can you do the job and how well you fit in. And honestly, when I walk in these rooms, I don't walk in to sell. I mean, I don't walk in to be like, oh, let me show you why I'm the best candidate. Because most times before I had a degree, there were people way more qualified, quote unquote, than me. But I have know-how and I can tell you, I can sell myself. That's one thing not having a degree taught me is I can sell myself probably better than anybody. I think one thing you forgot to mention, I think this is really important in the interview. So the point of you saying they're seeing if you can do the job and you're the right person for the job, but more so I believe they're looking to see, do we like this person? People 100%. work with, with people they like. They're going to spend eight hours of their active day with you. If you put on the impression that, hey, I can see myself being around this guy for extended periods of time, okay, I can fuck with him. All that other stuff, we can teach him on the job. But do I like him? And I think that's one thing a lot of people fail at. They're so concerned that, oh, I got the degree, oh, I'm smart enough. But are you likable? Yeah. People, and it just comes down to that. If you don't come off as a pleasant person or somebody that they want to I mean, look at the last election. Hillary didn't get elected because she wasn't likable. People just didn't like her. And she didn't work on that enough. Now, had she come off just a little bit more likable, she would have beat that man by leaps and bounds. Everybody knew she was more qualified for the job than he was. But for whatever reason, people liked him more than her. And that was it. People go with what they like people. A lot of people go off of gut feelings. If you could get people to like you for just being you, you're a shoe in for more than half of the things you're going to come across in this world. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. All right. Quick round, quicker round than the round we've already been going. <laughs> All right. Would you rather trade some intelligence for looks or looks for intelligence? Remember you're working with the reservoir of looks that you have right now. <laughs> And I ain't got a deep reservoir, then. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, sh- no, Frank, don't say that. You're cute. <laughs> Lies told on the podcast. Um, I would definitely trade um, my looks for intelligence. Same here. Because that's going to get me a lot further. Now, looking good has gotten people out of a lot of shit. Yeah, but that's what I was thinking about. Like, does my looks really matter in the circles I'm in? I'm like, no, nah, it don't matter. I can be uglier in my circles. So, <laughs> it would you start help thinking like you start thinking like I could be ugly because you know what? In my circle of 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 networking, it's uglier niggas. I'll be alright. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I, all I, right, I, I can be uglier. This isn't a problem for you, but I'll ask it. If your parents hate your partner. Would you ditch them or would you carry on forward despite the protest? In the past, when I was dating people my parents didn't like, I broke up with them. That was a big deal for me. You had mm. to get along with my family. My family had to like you and vice versa. Mm. So, In the past, I haven't run into that a lot because a lot of people don't, I don't bring a lot of people to my mother. My mother's probably met in my entire life, maybe three, four women. and one of those was from high school. <laughs> like, like, and we're talking like, honestly, and take that back. Maybe two of them were from high school. Like she had met them already before. So meeting them now right. was just, 
Oh, it they were probably what students or something. You know, it was what yeah. it was. So, yeah, I would have to go. I would have to go that route, man. I'd have to say, so far, I've never had that be the case. My mom has genuinely loved the women I've brought, you know, to her. Because, like I said, you not a lot of people a... meet her. Right. You know what I mean? Like you go through the layers. You meet my friends. You may you meet my sister. Huge like vetting process. Family. And to get to my mom, like that's a different level. I'm if I'm presenting you to my mom, hey, we're we're Super on serious. our road. Yeah, we're on yeah. our road to being married at this point. So yeah. I so far I haven't had that issue, but I think that could be an issue. Um, and I just I've never seen my mother's always been super supportive of me. And I guess because I'm I'm so picky about what I let get to her, like I, mm-hmm. I the criteria is as high as it is. She usually respects what I bring to her, and she's never given me any issue. Okay, that's what's up. If you could choose one celebrity to be the mother of your kids, who would it be? And you have to answer, by the way. <laughs> one celebrity to be the mother of my kids, Issa, Issa Rae. Damn, she was she was she was mine too, though. <laughs> really. Yeah, man. <laughs> I love Issa. I think Issa is gorgeous. I, I just think my children will have such a great, they'd be so well-rounded. You know what I mean? She's just smart. Having... She's, I've listened to some of her interviews on how she networks and moves professionally. And she's, I mean, she's clever. She's cunning. She's, and even when you watch her show, like, she comes off as very down to earth down to earth and and she stands on her shit right if you were an animal what would you be and why an orca killer whale because those motherfuckers are smart and ain't nothing in the ocean more powerful or above them on the food chain as an orca the only thing you have to worry about is humans Uh, maybe a blue whale because they are like much bigger Nah, but blue whales eat krill. They don't bother orcas. Yeah. I know. But orcas Orca. are smart as shit. Like, there's, man, they're amazing. It's scary. I would never want to be in the water with them. Absolutely terrifying. And, but they're gorgeous, though. Gorgeous animals. Yeah. Um, if I had to choose, I would say a bat, but you know, that's just, you know, the Batman in me. Um, but who would want to be a bat to be in the dark and can't see during the day? And but they have echolocation, so it doesn't bother them. So do dolphins, but whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to go the route of apex predator. So if I had to be an apex predator, I would say, even though I hate the heat, I would have to be a lion because there is no there is no predator. No one's. There's no one coming after the lion. Except They're, humans. <laughs> except humans. They may have to fuck with a hyena from time to time, but ain't nobody coming after them. No, nah, man. It's, you ever seen videos on, like, well, you can see them on YouTube now. Like, it, like, it was one, it was a couple of, like, lionesses. They were, they just killed some, it was like four of them. And it was about to eat it, and some hyena started fucking with them. And then one male lion came in, and like he ran through the hyenas <laughs> and it was like oh okay this is why they call him the king of the jungle again 
Like it was a pack of them. It's like, oh shit, the pack of hyenas are gonna overpower them. That one male lion came in and he was like, oh, okay, let me show y'all who's boss. Now, but lions are dope, man. That's another animal I would never want to be anywhere near the vicinity when it's around. Like those guys in Dubai, those sheiks who buy them as pets, it's like, dog, you are crazy. Like, do you know what that thing can do to you if it gets upset? Like, why would you get that close to it? No fucking idea. I never understood that. Last one. If you could be trained up in any profession of your choice by the top professionals in that field, what profession would you choose? This is a good one. Final question. In all honesty, it would be an application development, but mm. but like AutoCAD, like building information modeling, because I think that's the future. And I I'm, uh, I love buildings and structure, so I would like to do something there. I think. I would love to be like in my line of work, I would love to develop a program for facility management where if you were where you were putting in work orders and you're like, hey, this this particular thing is giving me an issue and you put in a ticket for your work order, you can go to a 3D model of the building you're in and click on the actual item where you're having that issue. No matter what it is, whether it's a doorknob, a water fountain, plumbing, like it would highlight the issue. So whenever you are doing a work order, you can see it and and interact with what's being wrong and you can take inventory of what's there. Like just a super, super sophisticated building information model. I would love to develop something like that. Mine would be in management consulting. And I'll tell you why. Management, for those who don't know, management consultants are people who they bring into organizations to help get the organization to the best practices and the the absolute highest performance that it can. And that also also means not just in output, but also making sure the employees are are well taken care of. Because the better, to to me, I've always believed that if your employees are happy working at at your facility, at your organization, your organization can go so fucking far. That's from someone who's experienced working in shitty organizations and better well-run organizations. And there's something about knowing, and these are people who come in and they learn and know the ins and outs of your company. And they may not only be around for just a couple of weeks, but they know how to strategically deep dive and find the issues in your company and make and turn that around and make it work better. And that type of mind, just having that that foresight, you know what I mean? Like just having that thought process, I feel like that would make me a better businessman in anything that I do. Whether I'm starting, as whether this becomes more of a business than just a hobby, whether, you know, whether any of the other things that I'm working on become more of a business than just a hobby, I know I can take the, the strategic mind that I've developed working under those people, the highest level of those people. That's, those are the people who I would want to sit up under. Like, how did you turn nothing into, and I'm talking specifically the people who turn nothing into something. 
if I'm not mistaken, I think that's Warren Buffett's skill. He's it great is. at trimming the fat in organizations and to making them profitable. Yeah. And that and just just sit under that, sit under that tree and eat the fruit of that knowledge, you know what I mean? Just and just gain and just learn from osmosis and just spend time and just understand the way his brain works. That to me is the most like I think that would be that I would love. No, that's that's a good one. Definitely a good one. Hey. All right, man. I, I, I rather enjoy, I think this sparked a lot of good conversation. I rather enjoyed this. Uh it did. And if we didn't cut some of the, the questions short, uh we would have we would have easily been on till about two. Yeah, man. Jesus Christ. You guys have no it's one AM. Me and Frank got to work tomorrow. Um, right? Yes, we do. And Frank's an early riser. He gets up in the next like three hours. So so breaking. Donald and Melania Trump have tested positive for coronavirus. It literally just came across my uh <laughs> my 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 friend Javier just put it in the group chat just now. All right. Um with that being said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and those in between and outside of those constructs, this has been another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Marvin, and the man to the right of me can only be... Frank. Uh, wait a second. Hold on. You can email us at the Samurai Professional Podcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at the Samurai Pros. Hit us up with comments and questions and even topic suggestions. You can reach me at Twitter and Instagram at I Can Only Be Frank. And where can they find you, Marvin? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Marvin X Adams. This has been another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast. Peace. 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 <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs>